Lost in the Long Box is sponsored by Gateway Comics and Toys. Gateway is located at 2368 Plank Road in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our website is gatewaycomicsandtoys.com where you can find more information about our store, including hours, new releases, and specials for the week. Our social media is under Gateway Comics and Toys as well, so you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, July 15th. Um, I am your host, Rando. I got my co-host in crime here. Ina, say hello. Hello. Thomas, say hello. Hello. Olivia, say hello. Hello. Madman, say hello. Or hello. Thumbs, or throw something across the room. I Maybe got my mic over here. I'm good. All right, good. How was everyone's weekend? Good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Awesome to hear. Um, what was that? Olivia, can you speak again for just a second? Um, yeah, I'm here. Okay, never mind. I know what it was. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, it, whenever you spoke, the little box on Zoom lit the whole thing up, and all I saw was a bottom bar for a second. I thought something was flashing up your light. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So, All right, let's go ahead and get into the news items. Um, Tommy, I'm going to let you start first. Let me start first. Okay. So coming up with Dark Knight's Death Metal 3, we'll be getting a new villain called the Robin King be making his first appearance uh in there so be on the lookout for that if you don't have that already pre-ordered you might want to think about doing so because i'm sure that's going to shoot up in price immediately after it hits the stands because it's the first appearance of a new character really, um really to, i don't know have the word on how many how many variant covers there will be but i'm sure you know with the way things go there'll be at least 75 so <laughs> won't it really depend on, on how much they use him just like they did with batman who laughs What's that, Randy? I think the the value, and I'm going to air bunny that um, of the uh, the comic is going to really be really dependent upon how much he's used, like the Batman who laughs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, but you know, anytime these days when a new character is released, the first appearance it immediately shoots up. You know, Thor five is going through the roof because it's what the first appearance of the Dark Winter. So right, and, and well, look at the, all the Batman's with punchline. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and all those Venom comics, like worst appearance of Null and stuff like that. How which is they part of my up, news you know, item? You shush. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Olivia, what do you got? What's that? <clears throat> I said that's part of my news item. You shush. Oh, okay, my bad. Yeah, you're bad. All right. So um, on the topic of new books coming out um, for all the X Men fans. The Dawn of X series that were released last year, they were going to continue it on in this year. But right now, it looks like they're chopping a lot of their plans and a lot of the titles. Um, so I would definitely keep an eye out for what's actually going to come out. So far, they've confirmed that the Children of the Atom storyline is definitely no longer going to happen. So there will be more news to come on that. But that's pretty big that they're scrapping a lot of the Dawn of X books. And that's just so they can get all the other books back on schedule, right? Basically. 
I, I seem remember back in the day when a miniseries ran late, you didn't care, you just waited. Yeah. Let's point to the infamous uh, Camelot 3000. Oh, my God. In the year between issues 11 and 12. Right, and that was from, <laughs> what, from 1986 to 87? And by the time 12 came out, nobody cared. No one cared. It didn't matter anymore. <laughs> okay, everyone probably forgot about it after a year. Oh, yeah. When, oh, it came, yeah. when 12 came out, everybody was like, Camelot 3000? Is that still going? Well, not yeah. anymore. <laughs> well, you remember when they did the all-star Batman and Robin and then it stopped oh, yeah. and everyone was looking for it. It was the like, same thing. And then before you knew it, no one cared no more because it wasn't coming. Right. At least Camelot 3000, the 12th issue, finally did arrive. But Batman, all-star Batman and Robin, eh. Uh-uh. Yeah, that never ended, did it? Nope. about that because it was terrible? Well, yeah, it smelled. Yeah, cause it even, did. Because even Jim Lee jumped off of that book, right? Yeah. I, th- I think I remember um, him at one point quoting he really didn't like working on that book, but he just kind of was sucking it up and doing it. <laughs> yeah, he was the only good thing about the book. Right. Um, I think for me, that book really stunk when I saw what they were doing with Wonder Woman in it. I'm yeah, thinking, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we're yeah. done. Right, what do you got? You All got- right. Got two news items, folks. First is, it hasn't even come out yet, but the Batman is getting a spinoff of sorts. HBO Max announced this week that they are going to be producing a spinoff of The Batman, which is going to serve as a prequel, which is going to focus on Gotham PD. So, um, Tommy, we finally may be getting that Gotham Central type uh, TV show that we've been talking about wanting to see for so long. Awesome. Because they're going oh, to nice. fo- because they are they're going to do what Go- Gotham should have done, and that's focus on the police. Um, it's just like Batman, if he comes, he'll come later, but he will not be the focus of this. And where it is, Bruce Wayne is not even going to make an appearance or you'll hear his name. So we're finally going to get something that's going to focus on the backbone of the Batman comics, GCPD. The second, well, I think he, at some point you've got to show Bruce Wayne oh, yeah. or, or Batman. Eventually. Gotham at some point, you know, it has to happen. Oh, yeah, eventually. But, but, but I think... Um, how early, I have a feeling that how early we see Batman or he's mentioned is going to be based upon how well the Batman does. Well, now, let's back up here for a second. Because the, the Gotham Central comic book ran concurrent with the Batman title. So right. he was a fixture in Gotham. They knew who he was. Yeah. He was just a minor character. You saw him maybe in the background as a shadow. And right. He was never part of the story. So if you're going to do an HBO Max series of Gotham Central, which I think would be fantastic... Yeah. Yeah. Then it's like, do you make it during Batman's time, or do you make it um, as Bruce Wayne is still a boy? Or if you really want to be good, Bruce Wayne's left Gotham on his little right. journey to become Batman, and it's without a protector. Uh, and I think that would be the best story to have it have um, Gotham PD at the buildup of Bruce Wayne's return and the emergence of Batman. Yeah, right. And if you're going to tie yeah, it into... I don't think you can do it with Bruce Wayne as a boy because, you know, they did that with Gotham. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah so, and to me, that would be too similar to Gotham. So, yeah. you, so Bruce Wayne has to be an adult and he either has to be there or, like you said, off doing his training. Right. And, and, and I think if they're smart, I have to take a kudo from Randy on that one. If they're smart and they really want this series to be successful, have this series be the build-up to the first appearance of Batman. Or, or yeah. Bruce Wayne's return, well, at least. Well, that would be, in a, an ideal world, we would like to see that. Yeah. But if you're going to tie it into the Pattinson Batman, right. he has to be already or Already there, the exactly. Or else the, the, the casual viewer's not going to watch it. Okay, exactly. Yeah. My second news item is, 
I don't I've heard so many rumors till it's not even funny. Now we've all been hearing the rumor about the possible return of Ben Affleck and Affleck to um Justice League and for a possible project on HBO Max. That is not etched in stone. Now someone put something on uh the Batman page which picked my curiosity because they apparently are the only ones that have heard this because I have not read it. They're saying that they're going to bring Michael Keaton back and do a series of movies where they're going to focus around him and they're jettisoning the, um, the Schumacher movies. First of all, I can't see that because one thing that no one has discussed, how contractually obligated is Michael Keaton to the Marvel Cinematic Universe being that he has played the Vulture and will have a vital role in Morbius. And and when will he be available to do the Flash? Because they're talking about getting the Flash out here in the next couple of years, right? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think they're shooting for 2021 again. Yeah, exactly. So so <coughs> so for everyone who's thinking that the Michael Keaton deal is etched in stone, well, we haven't we we don't know exactly where he is with Marvel. And and I think by this coming out, Marvel is going to shell out some ducats to keep to hold on to him as much as possible. Now, now I saw something that said as of July second, Ben Affleck was coming back, and there was going to be a project. And you and, and Randy, you and I talked about about this last week about him making a return to Justice League and what have you. And so basically, everything is just rumor. But I'm just I'm very interested to see where the Michael Keaton situation is going to go. I would love to see him do Batman Beyond. I think that's what everybody wants to see. I don't think people are too particular about him putting on the costume again, per se, and going back to the Burtonverse. I think they want to see um, term, the introduction of Terry McGinnis and bring in Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I You're would, here. I would love to I see would Terry McGinnis. I'd be willing to bet that if he is in The Flash, it's going to be the Batman Beyond world. Right. Um and if they do anything further than that, it's going to have to be Batman Beyond. He can't play Batman now. No, exactly. So, um, good good news item. Uh, so, this week, um, and Olivia, I'm surprised this wasn't uh, your item. This week is the launch of the Free Comic Book Summer event. Um, as you know, Free Comic Book Day was canceled in May because of COVID and, and all the pandemic uh, closures. But apparently... Now, July 15th through September 9th, there's going to be five new free titles every week at your shop. Mm. Um, and I think uh, Marvel had a big one today, X-Men number X-Men 1, right? Yeah. So, Giant Size X-Men 1, yes, that came out. So, And I don't have the other titles, but yeah, that's like a nine-week event. So today wow. through September 9th, five titles a week. So. Wow, I got to jump back. I got to come up next week and get me. So that, that'll be pretty good. Marvel has announced the next event that'll be taking place after Empire, which, you know, just started today with Empire number one. They already got announced another event. Um, this one is actually going to be King in Black, uh, which will be written by Donny Cates and illustrated by Ryan Stegman. You want to guess who it's going to be? Come on, get, guess. Take a, take a guess. I bet you the it's King that dude Black? that you were talking about earlier. No. No, right. Who is like the king of the symbiotes. Um, so apparently it's going to be a major player, and I'd be willing to bet that we're going to see some Venom in it as well. Uh, he did say, Donny Cates, that, that this is like the darkest thing Marvel's let him do. He's surprised they're letting him do it. So, right. Um, yeah, I might skip that one. I like Donny Cates, but I, I don't know. Venom. 
So yeah, it's, I just I'll buy his store, but I'm I, I, I mean I think yeah, Venom just we we, we just we, overconsumption of Venom is just. Did it for a lot. Well, I'm going to ask Olivia, our uh, resident comic book shop owner here, what is the general populace take on Venom right now? Venom is always huge. I mean, we've had a very large following for Venom comic book readers. Uh, we had, off the top of my head, a couple, like 125, I think we ordered of Venom, and we only have a copy left on the shelf today. Like one. Wow. wow. Just to give you an idea, it's a huge book. Yeah, which. You know, I mean, good for Venom if it's selling well. And yeah. Donnie Cates is still writing it, right? Yes. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, yeah, that, that's yeah. why it's moving, because yeah. he is a good writer. Um, so he is the Tom King of Marvel, basically. Hey, speaking of Tom King, King. see how I went oh. in there? Um, now, we actually reported this a while back, um, and it was really vague at the time, but there was uh, reports that he was going to be doing some type of Watchmen project. Remember we mentioned this in the summer? Right. It's been mm-hmm. released what it is. He's doing a Rorschach uh, miniseries. Um, from Rorschach. Rorschach. Yes. Interesting. Arnold Rorschach. Okay. So, ought to be yeah. ought to be pretty interesting to see where that, where he goes with that because yeah. you can get really dark with that well, character. Yeah. Really. Well, I have a question. How you just slightly slid Tom King in there, yeah. right? Randy I did. just kind of just slide. Well, look, I'm gonna ask you this. Right there. Since he's doing Rorschach, is Epstein, Washington, Barbarino going to be there too? Would you shut up? <laughs> All right. So. I, so I had to do the Lost in a Long Box equivalent of printing a retraction. Uh, so last week I said DC's Dead Planet Number 1 came out, right? Um, which is a really great book. But I erroneously mentioned that it was the um, published version of the online comic. Oh. I was wrong. The online comic is actually DC Hope at World's End. Ah, okay, that's the one okay. that's being done digitally right now. The Dead Planet is a whole different series. Ah. Um, did you get that, Tommy? I No, I don't think I have that. Oh, that's right. You haven't been in a comic shop. Olivia, make sure one of those goes in Tommy's box. That inside. How big is your box? That's what I want to know. Have it say, right? <laughs> it's been months, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I might be a nice guy. Go in and clean out your box for you. Might have to take out a yeah. loan to pay, pay right? what you owe. Selling kidney there, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm going next week. So I can go next week and get some things to get, get some of mine down. Woo-hoo. So... so all right. Anybody got any newest items before we move into my favorite? Ah, uh, yes, show? I do. do. What you got? And this is something that we got to credit our resident uh, tech guy, Madman, for. Madman, you remember last week when you were t- when we were talking about the Who's Who in the DC universe and how much you enjoyed it? Oh yeah. Well, guess what? It's getting the omnibus treatment, and it's going to be released latest later this year. Nice. Bad boy's gonna be huge. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, right. And there are gonna be some folks who are gonna spend some money on it. Probably me, just to see how far they have come since 1984. Right. Yeah, yeah. Since once they first when they put this out. Well, it really depends. Are they going to be updating it, or is it just going to be reprinting the Who's Who? Uh, from what I gather, and I'll go back and double check and report back next week. It appears they're just going to be reprinting that, you know, because there are fans of the book who wanted right. to see it. Right. And uh, next month, John Byrne, uh, The Man of Steel by John Byrne, the first half of his run will be released in hardcover, as I reported a couple of weeks ago. the um, It was originally support, supposed to have been the omnibus, but now they're going to be in regular size, so it's going to be cover price forty nine ninety nine, and the second half is going to be released Later this year, do not know if it's going to get the omnibus treatment or not, but it's definitely a goal for December. Awesome. Coolness. All right. Show and tell. It's a game we play. 
when we want to say, oh. Uh, we love comics. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, Enos has brought in um, probably one of the only characters out of New 52 that was worth a damn. Uh, the Simon Boz Green Lantern, Green Lantern Zero of New 52. I actually really like this character. Um, yes, good character. I also liked Jessica Cruz. I love when they teamed him and Jessica Cruz together. Oh, I uh, bet you did. I want you shut up. Uh, <laughs> because it was a good pairing. They, they played off each other really well. Um, he helped her get out of her shell. She helped him uh, get past his little cocky attitude. And mm. like, you know, not everybody's going to hate you just because you're Muslim. Yeah. So that's a good book. Glad you brought that in. Yeah, man. I brought, now, Madman, you brought in two that I'm saving because they are yeah, going to fit in with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, continuing, um, Randall's bringing in his old FF, Fantastic Four number 76. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. Mm. The purples, the awesome. fuchsias. Right, the purples and the fuchsias. Awesome cover. Of course, that's a, another Kirby. And, uh, and yep, that's uh, after issue 50 sometimes, so that would be Senate doing inks again. Mm. All right. May he rest in peace. God bless Olivia, you. you are up. Okay, mine is regarding the show topic, too. Do you want me to wait? Oh, Tommy, is yours regarding show topic? Uh, mine is not. And you um, go next. I, I, I don't think I've shown this one before, but I couldn't remember. It's um, from Golden Age of Comics. It's kind of beat up a little bit, but it's Captain Marvel Jr. number 83. Back oh, up a little bit. What's that? There, there you go. I was, say pull, I was going to say pull the comic back a little bit. Now, did you buy that at Awesome Con? Is that one of the ones that you hemmed and hawed over for two hours? Where? No, no. This I got <laughs> at at, um, at the, the Fredericksburg Comic and Toy Show. Is this a, was that the one we read? Oh. Is that the one the ones you picked up last year when we were there? Yeah, yeah this is one, one yeah. of the ones I I got this bad boy for 20 bucks. So I tell you why I'm laughing. <laughs> so last year at the Fredericksburg Comic and Toy Show, Tommy and I go... And I had bought the VIP because it was like $20 or what have you. And I was like, okay, that's a fraction of what I paid for a Dragon Con ticket, so I did it. Which means I got to got early access. Well, there's a dealer there. Who I, own, I know his name by Harry. I don't remember what his actual shop name is. And I went in there, and he had an entire wall. Now, he had that big three-wall section, and one whole corner of it was all Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr. Mm. And knowing what a fan Tommy is, I stopped and looked at the wall, and I went, oh, man. I went right back out to Tommy, who was sitting on the bench, hadn't seen around the corner yet. Right. And I went, you did not bring enough money. <laughs> and he I could have gotten so much trouble at Harry's booth he looked if at I that, had let myself. He looked at that wall a good couple of hours before he he would look at it, he'd walk away, and he'd do a circuit around the floor. And he'd come back and he'd look at the wall, and, and he'd know, do a circuit around any, the floor. <laughs> I actually did not buy any of those Golden Age Captain Marvels from him. I bought a, uh, a copy of Wolverine Number 1. Um, I bought a Captain Marvel, but it was... The, uh, the Silver Age Marvel version, which was the origin of Thanos. This I got from another dealer. But yeah, I, I never we seen there. anybody agonize as much as he did. Oh, that yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I kind of felt bad for him because it was just like, Tommy, was, come on. You there was a know lot of choices. You want to indulge. Oh, Olivia, you should have seen these books. Here's what they were pristine. I mean, beautiful, beautiful mm. books, right? I, one of the things I remember the most about it is like, like Randy said, these were beautiful books. And these, he had purchased these books from some guy in New York, if I remember correctly. And right. these were like his, his he said, doubles. He goes, these are his, his like duplicates. Castles. And we're like, those are the duplicates? <laughs> like, I'd like to see the ones he kept. Tell me about it. 
Yeah, it's like, my God, I'd, <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see his collection. So, all right, <laughs> Olivia, show us what you got. Okay. So I have, this is really cool, and I was really excited when I saw it. Like, even by my standards of all the cool stuff I see all the time. So, show topic, um, we're doing the comedy comics and everything. This is the first edition, oh, issue number wow. one. Wow. 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 That's awesome. 1958. That is wow, awesome. Cool. Wow. I used to read that as a kid. <laughs> yeah, not that one. I've never seen that one. But cracked in crazy. Cracked yeah. And I didn't realize the cover on this is Bill Everett, who was the creator of Namor Submariner. Yes. Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, cool stuff. Now, was Cracked the Marvel book or was that crazy? Crazy. Because one of them was actually put out by Marvel. Yeah, crazy was put out by Marvel. Because I, I remember buying that one day and looking at it, and there was a little Spider-Man in the corner and it said, a Marvel publication. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't think... I, I think Cracked was independent because later Mad was owned by DC. Yeah. Right. But I don't think it started out that way. All right. So keeping with today's so uh, subject, because we are talking about uh, those humorous comic books and comic books made uh, for laughs, um, because after all, they were referred to as funny books. Mm -hmm. um, Madman brought in Ralph Snart number one from Now Comics. This is actually one of three. And you actually still have, uh, looks like the collector's card in the back of it. Yep. Yep, I do. Um, now, was the corner supposed to... Okay, never mind. Yep, yeah. he's actually got the, the, the card that came in the back of it, too. Yeah. Um, we're actually going to talk about him tonight. I, I think Madman might actually have him as his uh, no. comic. And I, then, I didn't like Ralph Snart. Ralph Snart, number two, <laughs> Adventures. And why do you have the books? Because <laughs> I gave it a shot. You know? Okay, gotcha. All right, so here we go. Sometimes um, you got to give something a chance, Randy. Yeah. You know, Tom King's not the only writer out there. There are other people. <laughs> oh, out there. my God. Not like you know, someday <laughs> he's going to ask to do a show topic, and I'm going to go. No, you're going to no. really fire him. Right, yeah. exactly. All right, so again, as we were saying, tonight's episode is just for the giggles, or subtitled blah ha 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 ha. Mm. All right, and we're going to be talking about comic books that were strictly written just for humor's sake. Who wants to go first? Raise your hand. Um, I'll go ahead. Your, all right, go ahead, Tommy. All right, so we're going to start out with uh, Marvel from Marvel Tales, number one. Tales spelled T-A-I-L-S. Oh, great. Peter Porker, the Spectacular Spider-Ham. So Peter was simply a, a normal, everyday spider by the name of simply Peter. He was living in May Porker's basement where she was doing experiments on an atomic hairdryer to help <laughs> go over the Her Her... Her experiment went awry, and she became a little rabbit and bit Peter, the, the, the spider, and he became Peter Porker, a, a chain evolved into a, a pig with the powers of a spider, much like Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man. Um, so he take this this one takes place on Marvel Earth 8311, where there's other anamorphic characters, such as Captain Americat, Daredevil Dog, the Pun Fisher. The Incredible Hulk Bunny, and of course, Wolverine. Wait a minute, Pun Fisher? Yeah, the Pun, <laughs> the Fisher. pun Fisher. The Pun Fisher, oh my God. Yep. That's kind and of a brilliant name, And don't forget about right? Wolverine. So this is issue number five of his current series right here. As you can I see, was... Mojo on the cover here, ripping open, uh, ripping open Peter Porker's costume. It looks like Garfield, man. He's teamed up with it. What's that? It looks like Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> But he's teaming up with a Peter Parker version of Spider-Man from an alternate Earth. And it also features the, the uh, various Kangs 
the one from Peter Porker's Earth is Kangaroo. Uh, so uh, really uh, funny, really funny stuff. If you're a fan of Spider-Man, you should definitely check out Peter Porker, the Spectacular Spider-Ham. It's pretty, he's pretty good stuff. I've enjoyed it. Got a, he's actually got a new following uh, fan base thanks to uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great that was a great movie. I enjoyed it. I saw it last year when um, the wife and I were on vacation. We were on our cruise, so I saw it somewhere. I guess it was in like the Gulf of Mexico. Well, so, he also makes. But, a, um, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going. He was voiced by in that by John Mulaney, who if you've never heard his stand up back, make He's sure amazing. you check that out. He is a really funny guy. Yes. So, well, he also makes an appearance, um, and I, I don't remember the storyline. Sorry, but the one. With uh, Moreland and the other universe that's going around killing all the various versions of Spider-Man, so Peter Parker has to unite them all together. He's in that mm-hmm. storyline also, Peter Parker, because I remember. There's well, we can always there's we always, can always use some more Spider Ham. I'm always down for some more Spider. Because there is a part where you look at like, really, I'm a pig in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, I'm yep. going to throw it over to Olivia. Okay, so um, I guess I would like to talk about cracked comics. Go right ahead. First one, um, and I spent a lot of time looking through it, and it was just really cool. So, Spider Pig was one of the ones that I thought of because it's just always one of the humorous ones that whenever I think of a parody comic, that's the first one that pops up. But also, like Popeye comics, Mickey Mouse, the Smurfs, Fun Magazine, those are always what first come to my mind when we talk about comedy comics. But Cracked Comics, what was really funny about it, I didn't realize it's basically just like a parody of mad magazine which is a huge parody in and of itself exactly it started out it was founded in 1958 it was kind of launched right when mad magazine was really going to and it was basically a ripoff that was like specifically marketed that (laughs) obviously a ripoff yeah Yeah. unabashedly ashamed to the point where they're like if you didn't make it to the comic store and mad magazine was sold out at least you had our book, and right. that was the higher demographic. <laughs> wow! Yeah, yeah. I had a lot, a lot of stuff I liked. I, I read it quite a bit when I was a when I was a teenager. Is this the one that had Spy versus Spy, or was that Mad? That was Mad. That was Mad. Was, was, okay. Yeah, but I used to love Spy yeah, versus Spy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we're talking about Cracked, guys. Uh, sorry, but yeah, Cracked. <laughs> well, Cracked. Okay. The one thing I always loved about Cracked and it's and uh, Competitor, which is a crazy was the fact that um, they always did the summer parody of the big summer block. Absolutely. Yeah. They're big on parodies, uh, mm-hmm. both Cracked and Mad. Right. And um, they're also, uh, would make fun of you know other pop culture things. Oh, like absolutely, things yes. On. And that's that's what I liked about them. I also found that um, I got into them more as I got older, when I started getting 13, 14. You know, it started, because both Cracked and Mad had a, a little bit adult, edgier vibe to them. And so it was like, mm-hmm. as you develop as a reader, there's like you start reading more and more edgy, edgy things. Well, not to mention, too, both of them um, would make political satire. Absolutely. That you didn't really get at 13 or 14. That if you're an adult, you go back and read them, you start laughing, you can, oh my God. Yeah, yeah you can God. see it's very slanted. Right, absolutely. But, um, <laughs> but Cracked has a YouTube channel. 
They stopped doing it yes, after the yes. first Vox Apocalypse, and I've, I've watched about all of their YouTube videos because well, they had that's a, just as good as a magazine. I know for a long time they also had Crack.com, which was the magazine online, basically. Yep. So yep. they quit They quit publishing they quit paper that. and yeah. just went digital. Yeah. Which, you know. Yeah, because my, my wife looks at a lot of stuff that they do online. She, she's talked, she t- shows me articles that they do online quite a bit. There's some they, they do some pretty good stuff on them. But you know what? They just, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I think they've lost a little bit of the bite they had as a print magazine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I liked I liked it quite a bit as a print magazine. So, so I got one here. Um, I have to admit I am impressed as to who the writer was in it because I did not know it was him. But from DC Comics, Amazing Man, not Amazing Man, Amazing Man, which just apostrophe Amazing. Um, and I didn't know this. It was actually by Bob Rosakis. You know who he is? Yes, indeed. Uh, for you guys man. who don't know, for the longest time in DC Comics, it was Ask the Answer Man. And Bob Rosakis was the guy who wrote that column. I used to like to read the column and see what the question was like. Oh, I know this one. <laughs> or he would give you the answer to something, and you had to go look for that back issue to, to, to yeah. prove it. Um, so I didn't know this. It ran for like only 12 issues in 1986. Yeah, one year. Had uh, some additional special <laughs> issues like in 87, 88, and then 1990. Yeah. Um, and then also had he had his origin story in Secret Origins number 16. <laughs> uh, so what I don't know is did Secret Origins 16 come out first before his series or was that afterwards? So I, have to look I want that up. to say it's after because I do believe Amazing Man started as I was finishing up uh, after basic training and making my way to my first duty station in late 85. Gotcha. So I love the name for the guy. It was Siegfried Horatio Hunch the Third. Yeah. <laughs> and he had his super deeds where basically like uh, he put on a homemade costume. Remember he had like the, the boxers on the outside? Yeah. And, like, oh, yeah. The white with the red polka dots? Yeah, he was me at six years old basically. <laughs> but he would like... Uh, watching out for local kids and unclogging drains. Yes. And he had this really cool thing. He would start singing Simon and Garfunkel songs when he got hit on the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you saw that during Helmet, he wore, you can understand yeah. why. Right. Uh, but what was funny is, apparently the character was actually rich in the comic um, because he had won a contest for some company magazine. Right. So as a way to pay him back for having won, he subscribed to all the magazines they put out, which included the pornographic magazines mm. as well. Wow. <laughs> Um, I've actually never read Amazing Man, but knowing this history, I think I want to go pick some of those up and read those now. I mean, it's only like a year's worth of comics, yeah. and maybe like 16 or 17 if you get some of the uh, the specials. It's so. silly. It's it's fun. It's silly. Right. Well, and that's what it is. It's it's a book that knew it was there to be fun. And given that Bob Ruzakers was writing it, I'll guarantee you there's a lot of um, comic parodies or spoofs in oh, it yeah. that you don't catch uh, unless you read those comics. So, what do you well, got? Sometimes- yes. You know, comics, like you said, it's just meant to be funny and not take itself too seriously. So. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm going to give one of my favorites, and I think you would enjoy it, Tommy and Madman. Now, Olivia, I'm not sure you would because I think you were a little when this came out. Mine is The Tick. I used to love that I used to read the black and white he was created by Bing Edlin for New England Comics it's basically a superhero parody comic it's about this guy that you know, you ever try to kill a tick and you think you just stepped on and you ain't killed it? That's how, he, that's how he is. He takes this abnormal degree of punishment, but he still keeps on ticking. He has a best friend that dresses up as a moth. His girlfriend Alfred. is a Wonder Woman. Uh-huh. Huh? What was that? What was it, the, the moth man's name again? Was it? Uh, Arthur. 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 And, um, Arthur is the moth. 
And um, he had a girlfriend who was a Wonder Woman parody and um American uh, Maid. Uh, yeah, yeah, and um no, she's they're just friends. But her boyfriend love interest is Batmanuel. Yeah. And coincidentally, when they did the live action TV show, Nesta Carbonelli, who was the mayor in the Dark Knight trilogy, played Batman well. Now, are you talking about mm-hmm. the one that originally came out in the 90s or the new Amazon one? No, the, the one that came yeah, out in the 90s. Yeah, he's talking about the one that came out with uh, Patrick right. Warburton. I would say, the be- the Patrick Warburton sells that entire show. Oh, yeah. He was perfect for that role. That you did. know what? If they had made Shazam back in 1990, he'd been the perfect Captain Marvel. Yeah, they would have cast oh, yeah. him. Absolutely. He would have been. He yeah. was yeah. perfect. But the, the um, it's, it's just like... It's it's one of those. It's not. It's a very intelligently written book that it's very very funny and it's a lot of tongue in cheek innuendo that if you blink you'll miss it. But it's a great book. The animated series came out in late nineteen ninety four and they paired it with the Fox Kids Spider Man cartoon, which was the best uh, um, Spider Man that's been done as of yet, and that. That hour block with the Spider-Man and the Tick gave them a ratings boost until they brought X-Men on. Right. And but I, yeah, I, I love the uh, the animated series. Oh, the I'm animated sure. series was awesome. I love that the uh, Urchin was probably my was uh, probably my favorite character. Who oh, has yeah. a thousand pounds of rancid meat? <laughs> Who has a <laughs> so remember, the, the animated series caused a huge resurgence for the comic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, it was. I remember the animated was so big that my wife actually came home one day and asked, "Have you heard of the Blue Tick?" I'm like, "Yeah, how do you know about it?" <laughs> yeah. And trivia question: What musician was cartoon. the voice of Arthur? Oh, I couldn't begin to tell you. Mickey Dolenz. Oh, right. So, oh, wow. I gotta, oh, wow, the monkeys. I yeah. got to tell you what I really loved um, in the live action series with Patrick Warburton. And I, to this day, I still remember this line because it's just, just, I just love the way he says it. I'm going to spread my buttery justice over every nook and cranny of the city. <laughs> and it's like, there was this one, this one episode on the animated series. This dude, big, this big gargantuan guy just go, whap out. And he just flattens the tick. And all you see the tick, he's embedded in the bricks. And they ask him, are you all right? Sure, I'm all right. I'm a superhero. (laughs) (laughs) And and I mean, Townsend Coleman, who voiced the tick, I don't think anyone can come behind him vocally and play the character the way he did. I would love to see see this back on DVD because I would get that. Well, hang on. Isn't Amazon going to do a season two of the tick? Supposed to be. Okay. What were you saying, Tom? Yeah, I think I, I think the cartoon is on DVD, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but but I'm gonna be picking that up because uh, I I really enjoyed that the the theme song was the all oh, was the best. Hey, Madman, you yeah, got a funny fun. comic? Uh, I got a couple, but um, I kind of want to talk about like Mad Magazine and uh, cracked uh, just a little bit more. Go right ahead. <clears throat> In the sense that it was a very different writing style and artist style. That you would have, and you would frequently have people who you know who work in comic books, being an artist or a writer on certain projects and stuff like that. And um, for example, when they ever did, whenever they did a, <clears throat> a parody of like a movie or a summer blockbuster or something like that, um, the 
there you would have a splash page like you did in a comic book, and uh, it'd be the first part of the story, and the splash page would just be chock full of all this different stuff in the art, and the longer you look at this piece of art, the more laughs you find in it. Yeah, right, you know? right. Yeah. And that is on top of the words. And in addition, you had the people who, I forget the guy's name, but he always draws in the like the margins of, like especially like Mad, Com- Mad, Mad, Mad Magazine, yeah, just something in the in the margin, some funny little scene, doodle and stuff like that. It's like it's like the funny guy in class that yeah. you had that just doodled stuff like that. It's like all all of a sudden you get like uh, thirty page thirty days of his work in one if, one <laughs> issue of Mad or Crap, and you're just like having having a blast. Plus the entire concept of the Mad fold in, yeah. you know, oh, of, ta- yes. of taking art like that and you know making this little gimmick, you know, it's kind of a brilliant marketing idea. And I just you know you can't. When it, when it comes to talking about comic books and the medium of print medium and periodicals and so forth, you can't uh, ignore the art, artistic and writing abilities of people who worked on these projects, such as Mad Magazine and like crap. Well, a lot of those, too, were artists and writers who did regular <laughs> comics but worked under a different name. Absolutely. To keep their work separated. Yeah, and it's funny. You mentioned the, the fold-in on the back of the magazine. Um I was always torn when I had that. Uh, Part of me wanted to fold it to see what the picture was, yeah. but the collector of me didn't want to crease the cover. <laughs> All of mine are folded. All of mine yeah, are folded. I, I'd have to do it really, really careful so I didn't put a crease in it. Right. So. I used to do that whole kind of billy no, fold quite, thing where you just like it. S it. Man, yeah, I, I think they were all the pictures like you should because I didn't want to put a crease in it, like you said. Right. Or every once in a while, if you were really good, you could look at it and because you, you knew where the folds were supposed to be, and you could just kind of look at each side of it and figure yeah, out what it was. Yeah, you could actually. get like a piece of play, paper and right, like draw actually the folding other, yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the guy you were talking about before as the artist, Madman, was Mort Drucker. Yeah, I think that sounds right. My favorite Mad Magazine uh, story was I got this when I was 11 years old. It was a parody of the Incredible Hulk TV show. It was called The Incredible Bolt. And the yeah. reason yeah. why it made me think about it, because right in that one splash page, they put all of these different folks from TV show parodies that they did, Adam West, Batman, the $6 million man. They put everything oh, on yeah. that one page that the Hulk just ran through and tore up everything. Yeah. Yep. But the one thing that stood out was in the story, he went to the men's room. And it was no toilet paper. And he got, what? No paper! And you know, you just saw yeah. his fist come through the uh, <laughs> through, the, then, through the door, yeah. Yeah, and then you see the Hulk sitting on the toilet and his birthday suit going, yeah. So. <laughs> All right, but yeah, Crack Crazy and Mad were all very influential magazines. And like I said, a lot of top talents worked on those who either were already working in comics or went on to do comics. Um, which I'm going to come back to that for for one of my next one um olivia funny comic funny comic like my favorite or just what you have what do you got oh yeah um we talked about amazing man we didn't really talk about ralph snart all that much so um that was another one that i like kind of always heard about but i haven't personally read but i started to flip through some of it as we were preparing for the show it's and awful. it's another like really interesting one because it's 
you have this idea of what this character is supposed to be. He's like this quote unquote Walter Mini type, which is really cool. But it's just, again, a huge satire of everything, like every stereotype of like your typical superhero where he's like buff and ripped and um, this like very manly man saving everybody. But it's just kind of this guy who's daydreaming that he's on all these weird, bizarre situations, but he's just like very average guy. Yeah. I think the only reason I never read Ralph Snart was because I hated the look of the character. And yes. All the characters in it were really dog ugly. I don't feel yeah. bad now. And, and then you realize that that was the point. He purposely yes. made them ugly like that. that yes, was, it, was, I, it was too Ren and Stimpy. Right. Yeah, yeah, because that was one of the things that I was a turn off to me. And I like comedy and what have But I looked at it and I was like, I ain't reading no this. is ugly right. bastard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, and that, and it's was, ugly art, to be yeah. sure. Yeah, no matter how yeah. brilliant the parody is, I can't get around that art. And yeah. yeah. So, hey, Tommy. Why is it the whole point? It was just supposed to be, like, so absurd that, right. you know. Well, it well, is well, that. Yeah. Well, yeah. even when he well, made Ralph all. Go ahead. Olivia, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying the whole book, like art and all everything in it, that it was a joke in and of itself, just totally playing off of everything else that was supposed to be like your typical superhero story. Right. So. And that was the other thing, too. Even though he was all buff and muscular, anatomically, it was just all incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, hey. You think Liefeld studied Ralph? Okay, never mind. It's safe to say that Ralph Snart was one of those characters that was just ugly for no damn reason at all. Right. <laughs> and, and I think for a lot of people, we were like, I'm not reading this. It just looks and, and to me, it was a turn off because, I, was, because uh, I had subscribed to the Green Hornet. And I right. read that religiously, and I kept seeing it. I don't want to see no Ralph Snart in my Green Hornet comic book, man. <laughs> well, oh, that's right. There's ads for Green Hornet in the Ralph yeah, Snart. Exactly. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. Both done by Now Comics. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Tommy, what do you got for uh, funny books? So this one comes from a company called Kenzer and Company. Um, it started back in 1990, March, April. i um, just give you guys a little background. You know, in addition to comic books, I grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I started out on an AD&D second edition. Um, I was just thinking, so this we is have called a party Nights here. of the Dinner Table. What's that? We have a D&D party here. We got Randy the Elf. We got Enos the Barbarian. Why am I the Elf? Because you look like an Elf, bro. Okay. If anyone's an Elf in our party, yeah. So. We'll we'll, we'll all characters he, later. He go ahead, Tommy. He, he I'm sorry. Me I'm handsome like a Legolas. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Nice and, and it follows a group of of gamers called, called you know the Knights of the Dare Table. Oh, yeah. uh, B. A. Felton, uh, Bob Herzog, Dave Boswell, Sarah Felton, and Brian Van Hoos. And basically, it, it's a it's a parody of your of your gamer stereotype. B.A. Felton is a 30-year-old man that works at a, you know, a dead-end job at a place called the Pizza A-Go-Go and lives in his mom's basement. The players are your, are your are, you know, basically your various, you know, power gamers. They're not really interested in the whole role-playing aspect of it, just, you know, what you can get, you know, the best weapons and everything like that. Like Dave's slashes, Hackmaster yeah. plus 12 is his favorite thing. And right. Bob is always wasting with his crossbow. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, it's hilarious, especially if you are, are a gamer, because, you know, we've all played alongside that guy that right. you know, oh, yeah. was the, the, the stereotypical player. So you're always laughing at them and everything like that, because you've always been there. Yeah, he's got a book. Got one a of, some of the, 
Got a plus five sword of piercing. You're level four. When did you get that? <laughs> yeah, we pl- I played alongside a guy that had a one time had a bag of holding, and I think he had every magic item known to man in that damn thing. My DM got pissed one time and says, "I need a list of everything." That you have in that bag of holding. But I, but one of the one of the some of the more impressive stuff stats about it is this started in 1990 and it's still going strong. It's up to issue 272 which oh, yeah. has to make it one of the longest-running independent books out there. I Absolutely. mean, Cerebus ran for 300, uh, Savage Dragons at 250. What's Spawn, like around 308? Right. Somewhere around there, I think. Yeah, so it's somewhere in the 300. So this has got to be one of the longest-running you know, independent books out there, so that's pretty impressive. Nice, um, very good. Another thing is the game they play in the book is not Dungeons & Dragons. It's called Hackmaster, well, and it's very strongly based on Advanced Dungeons & Dragons 2nd Edition. It was so popular that they actually put out a Hackmaster game oh that my you God. can buy. <laughs> so who put it out? Did TSR put that out also, or is that another company? <laughs> What's that? Did TSR put that out, or is it another company? No, this is this is comes out from Ken. Because I'm always positive TSR is like we're not putting out a competing game for ourselves. <laughs> right, but yeah, it's 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 very strongly based on the second edition rules, um, and. You know, it it's a complete playable game system. It has a player's handbook. It has a dungeon master guide. It has a you know hackopedia of beasts. You know, you can get adventures and all kinds of supplements for it. I mean, so it's it's a it's yeah. its own thing. I mean, it's involved to where it's it's its own thing. Yeah. So it's it's pretty impressive. Never, never under, under never under, underestimate the nerds. I'm telling you, you know, right. J.R. Tolkien, he invented languages. All right. Right. Entire <laughs> languages. Well, remember, if you are a fan, if you are a fan of role playing games like D&D, you really need to check this out because you will get a kick out of it. It is hilarious because, like I said, we have all played along. Alongside these guys, I I want to play some D and D. When I was playing D and I remember Dungeon Master. Um, remember the figurines of Wondrous Power? Right. He gave me the pair of gold lions, and right. I was looking at them, and I finally just threw them down and said, "Gold lions appear," and they showed up. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, "Oh, we're going to have fun with these." So when I had those, we never had to post a guard at night. I would just have the gold lions appear, and I would instruct them, "Wake me if anything comes." Well, we only had like two gaming sessions. And my DM's like, I'm going to have to get rid of those. Yep. I'm like, what? He yep. goes, I didn't realize you're going to use them this yep. well. I'm going to have to get rid of these. I'm yep. like, no. Yep. <laughs> you know, one of the best things that I used to like to throw at people as, as a DM when I, would, when, when I would do it, I like to throw pe- at people the deck of many things. Oh, yeah. You always have someone who rolled the dice and you sit there looking at the chart and you see them roll that one, you just look at them over the book and they'd be like, damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we need to get some the D&D going. All right, so I'm going to take one. You're going to love this one because I guarantee none of you thought of this one. Um, um, Marvel Comics had their epic line and had a nice little parody of our famous um, swashbuckling uh, swordsman Conan, and that was, of course, Grew the Wanderer. Sergio Sergio Gerones. So the great another Mad Magazine guy. Yes. And I was going to say, Sergio was over at Mad Magazine, and I yep. think he was doing that for years before he did Gru. Yep. In fact, I want to say, and I would have to Google this, I want to say um, a prototype of Gru was in Mad before Marvel did it. Um, so I'm going to have to go look that up. But the thing that was really great about Gru was um, he was a bumbling hero who always screwed something up, and his dog, because remember the dog always uh, was speaking in thought bubbles? He was like, this guy really is an idiot. <laughs> and, and it's funny because every once in a while, the dog's like, ooh, I think Master's got it. I think he might actually be doing good. And then, of course, Gru would screw it up, and, and the dog would be like, no, again, he's messed it up. <laughs> yep. 
So that and that ran for a long time. In fact, it wasn't yeah, epic. It did. I think it started as oh, is that the one that eventually went over to Star Comics and that was his death knell? Yes. And, yeah, they put it over. Yeah, it went. It went it, at one point, it was printed by Star. I remember that. Right. Well, it was part of the Epic Comics line too, because I remember I read Grew and I read uh, Dread Star, and I think yeah. those were the only two successful comics out of the Epic Comics line. Right. But yeah, it ran for, I want to say it ran for over 100 issues. Um, and it was great because it was always <laughs> such an obvious, we know we're making fun of Conan, <laughs> deal with it, right? Um, what do you got, Enos? I have an old favorite of yours and mine, maybe Tommy and Madman like it too. Captain Kurt and the Zoo Crew. crew. Now, check Zoo out, crew. now check out these guys. Captain Kurt, Pig Iron, Ali Catabro, Fastback. Rubber Duck, Yankee Poodle, Yankee Poodle, I love Yankee Little Poodle. Cheese, American Eagle. They made their debut in Teen Titan, New Teen Titans number sixteen in nineteen eighty-two, created by the Roy incomparable Thomas. Roy Thomas and Scott Shaw. You know what? Roy Thomas was on a serious role in DC <laughs> yeah. during in that, that era, time. Yeah. Yeah. because in eighty-one he gave us All Star Squadron, right? Arak, Son of Thunder, right, turned yeah. right around and brought um, Captain Carrot, and they did the bomb. No, it was a, uh, a spinoff of Arak called the Barren Earth mm-hmm. that they did also. Man, Roy Thomas is just and, like, and, he's the bomb. I mean, but do you think this, I did the Zoo Crew is the first thing off his, out of his mouth? Heck no. <laughs> no, no. But I guarantee you, if you take an issue to have him sign it, he, he loves to sign that book because yep. I, I think he did say he had fun writing that. Oh, who yeah. wouldn't? Yeah, who wouldn't? Yeah, and he, and there were some other... Doing the, doing, these guys were comedic. There definitely was comedic parody, but it took a life of their own where they started integrating some of the members of the DC universe into their stories. First story. They did it in the very first issue. The very first issue. <laughs> it went from the appearance of Superman. But then they brought in the Marvel Bunny and the Inferior Five, which is a comedy troupe within themselves. You got to read. If you ever want a, a, a read a book that'll have you going, what? And then, you, but for some reason, you find yourself dying laughing because it's stupid as I don't know what. Read an, an issue of the Inferior Five. Yeah, yeah, Captain. I was wondering if anyone's going to have Captain Carrot. I, I, I almost mentioned it, but I said, no. <laughs> Enos will probably get him because it's Roy Thomas related. Because uh, everyone forgets that. Yeah, he had a really good career at DC yeah, for a while too. Yeah. So he and his wife wrote A to A Rack. Mm-hmm. Wow. Good stuff, man. I can't. Oh, now that's. I've said this before. But that is a book that I would love to see get a hardcover or omnibus treatment. Olivia, please, if you find this, uh, let me know so I can get make sure I get this book so I'm saving my pennies. Save your pennies. <laughs> All right, so, Madman, you got another one? What the? What? Yeah. <laughs> the great Marvel parody book. Well, it's... <laughs> It's funny, is I, I'm pretty sure that they made it just to keep from suing other people. <laughs> right. Or maybe just to relieve some pressure in the writers and artists' bullpen. You know what I mean? It's like, if you guys like want to sit down and make funny little strips, you know, even if it's a one-page thing or a two-page thing, so like we can find ease for it in what the... And so, if you know, if you've been working, working your tail off on this Hulk comic book and you're frustrated or something like that and you just want to goof around and... Do four panels of like silly things to other uses for Captain America's shield other than fighting crime. 
you know, just, just to blow <laughs> off some steam, I can get it. That back in the day, where it was, um, it was listed as the Avengers versus Just a League. Yeah. Right. It was, yeah. you know, oh, Just a Just a League was a regular in that book. Justice League. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, this was—I mean, this was years before you know the the, the actual crossover between the two. Too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and uh, like they would frequently have Superb Man in the, in the pages of what the. Oh and yeah. So I mean, Man, I guess. And so it was really interesting because what the it was specifically uh, Marvel properties that they were allowed to play with and have fun with and not take so seriously, because sometimes I mean the books can get too serious and you just you know just have yeah. fun with the character you created right I, and it's funny because you would see when they did just a league and, and superb man you're like how is dc not like slapping a cease and desist on them probably because um, they're laughing at it right yeah. but it reminds me remember well, what well, if that, mm-hmm. what if had that, a, they can parody characters that that's perfectly legal right. for them to do to write a parody but what if had a humor issue um, and there was a great joke in that one where it showed what if, and it said, Power Man was a girl and Wonder Man was a woman. And then so it had female versions of them, but paper clipped to the corner of it was, uh, Dear Marvel, we strongly advise you against printing this joke. Signed, your distinguished competition. <laughs> <laughs> now, there was a Marvel comedy type book that, that was the predecessor of Crazy. It was called Not Brand Ech. Oh, right. There was this one story where Spider-Man had gotten gotten uh, engaged to the Wasp, and they called her the Wisp. And then, <laughs> the someone, wisp. And then someone, <laughs> and then someone killed him with a fly swan. <laughs> That's what though for you, right? Hey, That's you two got any more over there? Because I got one. If you don't have another. Uh, Archie Comics. Take it, Randy. <laughs> well, of course, Archie Comics, dude. Well, you I mean, know, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do a whole um, retrospective on Archie Comics. Oh man, that'd be cool. Haven't we already done one? Uh, no, we no. haven't. I don't. I'll okay. take the cartoons. Well, um, <laughs> I'll take the cartoons. Well, we have to remember. We have to at least remember and, and point out that you know, originally, comic books were funny books. Were originally just uh, absolutely they reprinted. reprinted they reprinted the Sunday funnies. Yes, and so and then eventually it moved into other topics. Like um, like superheroes, and I think that that was like that beginning of the, I mean, I, the golden age of comic books is um, Action Comics number one, right. right? You know, and comic books have been around for a while since then. You know, but they were basically just humor comic books, and then when you have something that has a little bit more serious subject matter, a little bit maybe older subject matter, like a superhero, like Superman, then it, it gets some older readers in. And at, right. over time, older and older readers continue to read comic books. Yep. Right. Well, and remember too, um, Action Comics One and Superman is not even the the beginning of original content in comics. Um, they were reprinting the Sunday Funnies, like Madman said. But then DC said, "Hey, let's see if we can't put some new content here and see if that'll work." And it worked like a you know charm. It's like, yeah, this is this is working. Kids are buying it. Keep it yep. up. Um, so one that I have here, I actually want to read this one. Um, I think it might be done now um, because. Is it Scotty Young, mm. um, who did this book, is now obviously over at Marvel. But by Image Comics, I hate Fairyland. Um, so the whole premise behind this one is uh, the, the lead character is Gertrude, or they call her Gert, mm. um, gets sucked through like a hole in her bedroom floor <laughs> and takes her into Fairyland, right? Right. The problem is she ends up spending like 40 years down there. So mentally she grows up, but her body stays that of a child. The wow. problem is she despises Fairyland and she can't stand it. 
Um, Baby doll. Right, exactly. <laughs> so And she does. So she's always cussing um, in a book, but because she's in fairyland, um, it's just like in that TV show, The Bad Place. Right. If she oh, tries to say no. a bad word, it gets changed. Yeah. So like she ends up saying things like fluff and, ah. and gob dinging. <laughs> Cotton balls, yeah. Right. So it's actually supposed to, I don't know how many issues it, it runs, but I've heard someone before mention that I hate Fairyland is humorous, but it's like a, a dark humor that you almost have to have a bit of an immature sense oh, of sure, humor for. Sure. So that's what I have. Um, this has been pretty good. I actually like looking into a lot of these because a lot of these humor comics, I'm like, God, what humor comics were there? And then as I was looking, I'm like, Quite oh, yeah, I remember few. reading that. Oh, God, yeah, I remember reading absolutely. that. That's a lot more than you think. Yeah. Right. So, all right, guys. Just want to remind everybody, uh, Mad Men does have Shock Monkey Radio every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. here on FXBG Public Radio. We do have our Facebook.com slash Lost in the Long Box. Um, reach out to us at Gmail, Lost in Long Box at Gmail.com. Um, Mad Men, what is the Patreon for FXBG Public Radio? It's Patreon.com slash FXBG Public Radio. Thank you very much. Um, and our Facebook groups, um, Batman, Yesterday, Today, and Forever. What's the membership looking like that on now, Enos? 2.3, 2.300. What? Huh? 2,300. Yeah, you two, mean 2,300. 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 300. Well, we don't trust Enos with math. Every I was just saying, you hey, lost 2,000. <laughs> All right. Um, Realm I thought I was going to say 2.3 million. Right. I wish. Realm of Superheroes, Comics, and Pop Culture, and gather together the greatest superhero teams. Uh, I think you got room for a fourth Facebook page. Can you get on that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I can I do it. Just said so. he's tired. I right. can do it. All right. Until next time, everybody, um, have a good week. Be safe. We will talk to you next week. Good night, folks. Good night, everyone. Bye.